Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... We're moving as we go. And I think having that humility to say, we're going to try this, but we don't know. And I feel like social entrepreneurs and social business leaders in general know that it might not work and they're ready to pivot quickly. So I think that's a huge value add. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 327 of Impact Boom. My name is Indio Miles and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today we're speaking with Selena DeSola. Selena DeSola is co-founder and president at Glasswing. Her work focuses on designing and implementing innovative community-based initiatives that bring together institutions and people for joint action. Selena has over 20 years of experience in international development and social change. She's worked as a consultant for organizations like the Population Council, URC, and Family Foundations. Selena was also a crisis interventionist for Latino immigrants in the US and subsequently spent over five years as Director of Emergency Response for AmeriCares, leading responses to complex humanitarian crises, including Liberia, the Dafur crisis in Sudan, Afghanistan, Iraq, as well as the tsunami in Indonesia. She is a fellow of the Obama Foundation, Ashoka, Lego Reimagined Learning, Penn Social Impact House. She is also an Audacious Project and Skull Foundation awardee and a Tolberg Global Leader. She serves on several nonprofit boards and is a member of the Inter-American Foundation's Advisory Council. Selena gave a TED Talk at the 2022 conference in Vancouver and has also been featured on Time, CNN and Espanol, HuffPost Live, Forbes Central America, Yes, Pop Sugar, Univision, and has spoken about the region's relevant issues at conferences worldwide. Selena holds a master's degree in public health from Harvard University and one in social work from the University of Pennsylvania's School of Social Policy and Practice. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing how socially oriented businesses can play a role in crisis intervention and why community organizations are crucial for addressing systemic issues such as poverty. Selena, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be speaking to you. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm so excited to be here. Excellent. So to start off, Selena, could you please share just a bit more about your background and then what led to your work in social enterprise and not-for-profits? Sure. My academic background is in social work and public health, but I think more than anything else, being a woman from El Salvador here in the region, I grew up with access to a lot of opportunities and personally I felt like I had not just a responsibility but a real interest in addressing issues of social justice seeing the difference between what I experienced and what others experienced and just how arbitrary that can be that people have 
lot of opportunities and other people don't and that has nothing to do with who they are it's more about where you're born and if you're born into conditions of poverty or not for me i think it's just like this desire to level the playing field it's about equity and i think that's what got me personally excited about seeing what i could do to address that and then i think we share that as a team here at glassway we share that commitment to shifting dynamics and improving conditions for people so they can thrive and be the best versions of themselves really interesting. And you just mentioned at the end there that you're the co-founder and president at Glasswing International. Can you share maybe a bit more about how this nonprofit addresses poverty and violence on a global scale? We started Glasswing 15 years ago, and there are three of us who started it. What we do is we work within public systems, basically. We work in public schools in some of the communities that are most socially excluded and stigmatized. These are the communities where people have given up on, or they think that you can't really do much because of levels of poverty or violence and crime. What we do in those communities is work with the public schools and work on complementing the formal schooling with extracurricular programs that vary from it can be like glee, dance, art, or robotics, debate, all kinds of things. Whatever's most interesting to students. And those are led by trained volunteers. So they're actually powered by volunteers, which is a really important part of it, because we know that's also really good for social cohesion. We run these programs in public schools, and they really help develop kids' confidence, their social emotional skills, their resilience, their leadership, communication. And that ends up also improving their grades and everything. But really, our focus isn't so much on the academics as much as it is about investing in the person's ability to achieve their own goals and even to to establish goals and to think about their future. A lot of times, your context, it makes it hard to think about your future when your life is potentially at risk. Then we also work a lot on the health side with clinics and hospitals. We work a lot on trauma, mental health, and self-care. We also work with frontline workers on their own self-care, but also so they can understand trauma and better care for the people that come into the clinics and the hospitals, their patients. We do work with kids in schools. We do work in health facilities. We have employability programs for young men and women who haven't finished high school and aren't working. So we work on building on their skill sets and also helping them access economic opportunities, either as entrepreneurs or through jobs. And then finally, we work on public spaces also. We do a lot of projects to revitalize and overhaul public spaces so, so communities can have access to safe spaces to be with their families. Wow, that's a really amazing collection of activities that you conduct there at Glasswing International and so much support as well for that group, which really at a lot of times get left out of the conversation and need that support in all of those different ways, whether that's mental health or, as you said, even to an extent, that study component as well. Glasswing International doing a lot of fantastic work. Thank you for sharing that. And throughout your background, you've been in conjunction, worked with amazing foundations and amazing institutions throughout your early career and moving on from that. Some of such as Skull Foundation and Ashoka as well. So speaking from your experience, how can incubators and foundations best empower people who are seeking to make change and create social impact? I think it's so important. A lot of the conversation around that now is really looking at how to localize this idea of localization and making sure that whatever we're doing, whether it's on the investment side, on the program implementation, advocacy, I think we have to make sure to constantly ask questions of the, those who we're working with. I think making sure that we ask people what their priorities are 
and what they actually want to do and not make assumptions. I may think that mm. primary health care, maternal child health is the most important. And they may say, actually, we have more of a mental health crisis or there's a lot of hopelessness. I think sometimes we make assumptions about what people want based on maybe the data that we're seeing. So I think it's important to ask. And I think that social entrepreneurs, people who are the closest to communities and communities themselves are the experts on this. And I think we can't underscore enough how important it is to ask and not just ask once, ask over and over again, because context change. We fell into this global pandemic. So priorities change over time. And also, I think taking an approach that's more resource-based, like instead of thinking in terms of needs, thinking in terms of what resources exist that we can build on, because I think that gives it a different lens, right? Because you're coming at it differently. You're not coming at it as I'm going to help someone meet needs. You're coming at it as what resources exist and how can we build on those to achieve more of what we want and equal access to opportunities. That shift also changes the way you interact, whether you're a funder, an investor, a venture, like a social enterprise. It's a different conversation when you're like, okay, what is there and what can we do to build off of that? It's much more dynamic and purposeful and constructive. And if we're like, what are the most desperate needs? It's less empowering. A hundred percent, really interesting points that you make there. And it's clear that these organizations provide so much support for people. And as you said, I love that idea around reframing as well and being able to to figure out different issues and look at them from different angles as well. Really important for entrepreneurs or anyone who's looking to create social impact. You get stuck in these thought patterns and things like that. So being able to change that around is incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. And if you're talking about, so obviously nonprofit organizations, but as well as social enterprises, how can they play a role in crisis intervention and responding to national or international threats such as natural disasters or even conflict? What's so interesting about just social enterprise and social businesses, the agility that a social business can have as opposed to government who, if you're in government, you can't really innovate. There's so much at stake that really, I think big nonprofit organizations, the agility that this social entrepreneurship, social business sector can have is critical in crises. Crises are always a huge learning curve, but we mess up a lot. We think this is what we need to do, but then, oh my gosh, we have to pivot really quickly. And that agility and ability to pivot is super important when we're dealing with crises, especially when we don't know what the fallout from that crisis is going to be. And we're moving as we go. I think having that humility to say, we're going to try this, but we don't know. And I feel like social entrepreneurs and social business leaders in general know that it might not work and they're ready to pivot quickly. So I think that's a huge value add from that sector. And I only wish, I have to say, the ecosystem is getting stronger, at least here in Latin America. And I think globally, there's this group called Catalyst 2030. And it's a global network of social entrepreneurs. So you guys should check it out. But I feel like we talk about this all the time. How can we get more momentum behind a different model. It's the social economy, a different model of business, because at the end of the day, your goal is different than a business that's just focused on generating income and profit. There's multiple bottom lines. Of course, you want to sustain yourself and grow, but really you're thinking of addressing a challenge in a way that's going to be sustainable. And in some cases also generate income for those that invest. I think that's a really important sector that needs to grow. And I feel like young people now, I feel young, right? I'm 45, but I feel like young people in their twenties and thirties, they're thinking, what do I want to work in? That's going to have an impact, 
but also where I can do well by doing good. So we have an amazing opportunity now. 100% really beautiful vision there of the future. And I really agree. I think a lot of people are moving their careers towards that. And social enterprise is a great option to create that social impact. So thank you so much for sharing that there with us, Selena. And looking at opportunities now, where are there opportunities for entrepreneurs looking to start their first enterprise or just impact-led individuals who want to create a positive impact for a business? Oof, I think there are a lot of different opportunities. And again, when crises happen, we see where there are gaps in terms of, for example, when COVID-19 began, who has access to the right information? How do we get people access to the right information so they can take measures that they need to take to protect themselves? There are opportunities, obviously, in technology, which is where I feel there's a lot, but there's also opportunities in lower technology, like how... Do you draw, for example, I'm always trying to figure out because I think, and I know that I've talked to a lot of my colleagues about this. How do we also draw from low tech practices that have existed for millennia from indigenous populations? What can we bring back into the way we function, particularly with environmental issues? We need to bring back in practices where human beings are stewards of the environment, for example, because sometimes when we're so focused on high tech we lose sight of the fact that the low tech, so I'm always curious and I feel like there are opportunities to elevate that more and really looking at the people and planet, looking more at that, like the kind of the, 100%. the relationship. I feel like, and yeah. I think you guys, in your neck of the woods, you're much more attuned to this than Europe and the United States and Latin America. It depends. In Latin America, we have the Mayan Cosmovision which is very late. But I think that's a big opportunity that I don't think we've even scratched the surface. And ironically, we always say this with mental health. Mental health has been around way longer than diagnoses or psychiatric treatments. There have been ways to heal that we've lost and that we yeah. use community. And so it's, it's looking for opportunities where it doesn't have to be the latest trend. It can just be a different way of doing something that will work in that particular context. That's another thing. It's like really grounded in the context that it goes back to asking people, what do we need here? Obviously access to employment is a problem almost everywhere. Opportunities to identify ways to employ people in a way that's also addressing some ways. Because when you employ people, particularly people who don't have access to as many opportunities because of where they live or their level of education, I think it's important for us to innovate in a way that'll be more inclusive of populations that by virtue of circumstance, not by virtue of them being less capable of anything, by virtue of circumstance, they haven't been able to access opportunities. How do we make sure that these social businesses, social enterprises are really inclusive in their thinking about how they're going to staff up, how they're going to resource their organization, their business? really a multitude of opportunities there. And as you said, it's an ever-evolving space in a lot of ways, that social impact space. And hopefully people are able to look back and then look into the future as well and incorporate some of that knowledge and build it into their models. Thank you for sharing that, Selena. So we're moving into the end of our interview now. I've just got two questions left. The first being, you mentioned before Catalyst 2030, but what other inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently that are creating a positive social change. We're really lucky that we're always, my colleagues and I, and even the volunteers looking for these platforms, right? What can we get involved in? Catalyst 2030 is one. Ashoka is another great network of social entrepreneurs that I think can be 
a great source of inspiration and also to build collaborative partnerships, to build collaborations. And I think the school network has been amazing also because there's so many social entrepreneurs as part of that network from all over the world. We talk a lot across the fellows and participants and we're like, you're doing this over in Bangladesh. I'm in Guatemala. How can we team up? The learning across Southern Hemisphere too, not always everything coming from necessarily the global north, but I think that there are a lot of opportunities. I was lucky enough to be able to do that TED Talk, and when I was at that conference, so many of these presenters, the speakers at the TED conference are also doing incredible work, and I think aside from the social entrepreneurs and those networks, there's also academics and researchers who have all this knowledge about people and planet that we could really build into what we do, right, as social entrepreneurs. I think that cross-pollination with other sectors is super important. Those are just some of the networks that I've had the privilege of being involved in. Again, the Talberg Global Leaders, they mix so many different sectors. And so when you're listening to some of their panels and podcasts, you have people who do completely different things. Everything's complex. I think it's really stepping into that complexity and not thinking in terms of a network that aligns directly with what I want to do, but almost just say yes, get involved in as many things as you can and showing up because you may be in a conference that seems super unrelated to what you do, but there's going to be some overlap and connection. And I think the more we can cross-pollinate with other sectors and other people that seem like unlikely partners, the more interesting our solutions to the global challenges, the more interesting our solutions and our proposals are going to be because they're going to involve more people. Wow. A lot of impact and a lot of progress coming out of all of those different foundations, enterprises, and organizations. So to finish off now, what books or resources, Selena, would you recommend for our listeners? My gosh, there's so many. I try to read because we're doing so much work and we do a lot of evaluations too. We will read like journals and publications, but to be honest, I also like to read just fiction sometimes. In terms of trauma, there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score, which is amazing. Another book that I love is Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. I love reading young readers' books, like books for adolescents and even younger, because I feel like this space, we need to be so creative all the time. And I have an 11-year-old, so that helps me have to have these conversations about imagination and creativity. But I love The Little Prince, and I love books that remind us that we need to just tap into that and really stay creative and imaginative. I try to look for fiction books that are super imaginative. And I feel like that keeps me thinking a little bit differently and not only read books that are serious, work-related books. I'd say to really keep reading things. The Little Prince is one of my favorite (laughs) So is Alice in Wonderland. Those are probably my two favorite fiction novels. Yeah. Wow. That's a really beautiful message. Just keep reading, just having diverse tastes and reading a lot of different things and consuming all that information. Really fantastic to gain those perspectives and all of the books, organizations, foundations, people that you mentioned throughout the podcast, they'll all be hyperlinked in at the end of the article. So once people have either listened to our conversation or they've read through it, the transcript on the website, they'll be able to click on through to all of those and check those out. So thank you for sharing those. And thank you once again, just in general, for being here. That actually brings us to the end of our interview. And I just want to say on behalf of Impact Room, thank you so much for making the time to share your generous insights. We really enjoyed this conversation and looking into the work that Glasswing International does and some of your other amazing work in social impact. Just very excited and congratulations on 
15 year anniversary for Glasswing. Definitely deserve to be there and can't wait to see the progress and social impact you make in the future. All the best for the future. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, India, for the opportunity. It was great to be on your program. I really appreciate you having invited me. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page, and Twitter. Thank you.